Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. Let's all stand for the honor of God's word. Matthew chapter 6, 25. We're going to go all the way to verse 34. Amen. It says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is it is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Precious Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for, the, thank you for Jesus speaking into the lives of believers. Thank you, Father God, for giving us heavenly wisdom. That we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 Now, Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 33. What's it mean to be a seeker? What's it mean to be a seeker? A searcher. One who searches, one one who's in hot pursuit of something. You know, I, I think about someone who, who wants to be a doctor or a lawyer or goes to nursing school or even maybe maybe trade school because they're they're seeking. They want to learn a trade and they're putting in work. They're going after it. They're they're focused and they're worked they're working towards something. But in, in, in this tense, in this in this sense, what does it mean for a believer to be a seeker? What's it mean for a believer to be a seeker? What's it really mean to seek after you're saved? Now, Jesus was talking to saved folks. He wasn't talking to unsaved folks. He was talking to saved folks. So we're not seeking salvation but because we have that already. But there's things that happen that has to happen after you save, not only to justify your salvation, but to keep you on the right path. One of the things is it's a call to repentance. We've been talking about that. We ought to seek repentance. You know, it's not a one-time thing. Sometimes we, well, I repented when God saved me. I repented of my sins. But it's, a one, it's not a one-time thing. 
Amen. We're constantly repenting. We said it earlier today. If we confess our sins, every time we confess our sins, we're repenting in a sense. Okay? Godly sorrow. We're going to make mistakes. Hmm. It's a call to seek God's pardon or God's forgiveness. Okay, we do stuff, we do stuff, we say stuff, and we need God to forgive us. But God is waiting for us to do what? He's going to ask him. He knows already what you said, but God wants to hear sometime from us. Hey, you know what, God? Excuse me. Pardon me. I, 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 I said something, I've done something, and I need you to forgive me so I can get back in, in, in line. So I can get back to serving you and worshiping you properly. It's hard to worship God with a unforgiving heart. Amen. It's hard to worship God when we have when we have sin in our hearts and we have things going on in our heart that we know we can eliminate or we can do something about. Amen. It, it's a, it's a God. To, it's a call to seek God Himself. People say, "Well, I'm saved. Why do I need to seek God?" We need to seek God every time, every day. Amen. We need Amen. to seek God every day, even though we say we still need to seek God every day. Amen. And, and really, what it does, it get, it it keeps us strong. It keeps us strong. It keeps us committed. And, and it, it again, it justifies us that we, you know, because if you got the spirit of God in you, 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 you're going to want to seek him. Amen. You're going to want more of him. We'll talk about it in a, in a minute here. When we talk about these, I got six sisters. I call them seek, seeking sisters. And, and, and they all were seeking God. That's just, I had to squeeze it into the Mother's Day message for you guys. Okay. Here, here's one. Number five on my list. It's a call to separate. We ought to be separated. And, and that's a hard one. I think, that, I think if, if there was one issue when, when Christians struggle with their walk with the Lord is that they have a hard time separating. They have a hard time separating. And it all, it's not always people, but it can be stuff that holds us back. Okay? It can be stuff that holds us back. But, but, but a seeker, when you're seeking God, you're going to be separated from some stuff. Stuff is not gonna appeal to you. Stuff not gonna. Stuff is not gonna hold you back from being with the people of God, or being around the people of God, or wanting to be in His Word. That's it's gonna take priority. Then the last one I have here, and we'll see this in all the lives, in all the lives of the women of God that I'm gonna talk about today. In all their lives, there's a seeking of holiness and righteousness. There's a seeking of holiness and righteousness. Now, will you find it on this side? Probably not, but you are always going to be wanting to be holy. You are wanting to be righteous. What, what do I always say? What do you hear, hear preachers say about righteous, the definition of being righteous? Being right with God. Being right with God. Okay. Hebrews, Hebrews 2 and 1 says, we all must take the more earnest heed unless we Slip away. And, and God not moving. God's word saying yesterday, today, and forevermore. God's, God's, God's not moving. We move. And when we move, we usually move away from God. We, we need to move closer to God. Here's, here's, here's the, first, the first on the list. The first on the list. Mary. Mary. Not the Mary mother of, of, Mary mother of Jesus. Mary Magdalene. Tops the list when it comes to those who who are seeking first the kingdom of God. Here's Mary. Watch her story found in Luke chapter eight, verse two. Fascinating. It says, and certain women 
which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Okay. Every, listen, everybody that's saved, everybody that's saved, everybody that received the Holy Spirit, received the power of God in their life, have been healed of what? Evil spirits and infirmities. Okay? Infirmities could be an array of problems, all kind of stuff. Before we got saved, most of us, most of us had all kind of stuff going on. Okay? And, 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 and the, when the Spirit of God showed up, when the Spirit of God shows up, evil spirits, <laughs> okay? The evil spirit's not going to stand in the presence of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now watch. And Mary called Magdalene out, out of whom seven devils, okay? Soon as evil spirits, as soon as the evil spirits seen the presence of God in, in, in Mary's life, out. Can't stay here. Can't stay here. No, why? Because evil spirits ain't going to be comfortable around the Holy Spirit. Ain't going to be comfortable. And you, we all know this. We all know when, we, when God comes into our life, you know, certain things that come on TV, that's a, your spirit is like, mm. oh, that ain't right. And, and, and a lot of times your evil spirit will have you pick up the remote and change it. Say, I can't watch no more of this. Okay? Can't watch no more of this. Listen, it says, it says Mary Magdalene was delivered of seven spirits. How about that? And you know what happened after she got delivered? She ministered. She ministered. In Luke 8, 3, it says this. It says, Joanna, the wife of Chosa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. Mary would have been in that group. Mary would have been in that group that ministered not only to Jesus, but ministered to the people that Jesus was ministering to. Now, when Jesus when Jesus went on a when Jesus went on a road and went into different cities, oftentimes he would send the disciples ahead of him to let the city know that he was coming. Okay, they would be they would be able to prepare for him, and they would be able to talk to the people because when Jesus showed up, the Bible says he healed everybody. Okay, we're going to talk about that when we get to the woman with the issue of blood who's on my list. But Mary, Mary would have been one who ministered. See, you know, ministering is, is, is part of seeking God. That's why I, 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 I sit here and say, Christine, you want to read? Because I, I want you to do something. I want you to feel like there's something you're doing in this church. I want you to feel like there's a, you're playing a part in what we do here and how we minister. Okay? Now, I won't ever ask you to come up here and preach. You don't have to worry about that. But... Um, um, there's things that we ought to look to do. We ought to be like, Pastor, what can I do? What can I, how can I help? How can I help? In what way can I help the ministry? Because it's not so much to help in this ministry, but what we're trying to do is minister God's word. Okay? So, so here's Mary. She's ministering. Where, where else do we find Mary? Where else do we find Mary? Now, Mary, Mary Magdalene. At the tomb. Before she was at the tomb, she was at the foot of the cross. She was at the foot of the cross. She never stopped ministering. Then she was at the tomb. She was at the empty tomb. She was there. And guess what else Mary did? She, Mary washed his feet. Now we got to wash his feet. Mary was at the tomb. She was at the cross. She ministered out of her substance. She was seeking God. She was seeking God. And she was the first one to tell. 
about the risen Savior. Mary, Mary was a minister. She was a seeker. She was a seeker and she sought God and she sought God's will and she was there. She made herself available. Now, she couldn't do all that stuff if she had a full slate. See? So God had, when them seven demons won out of Mary, a lot of, maybe, maybe bingo night left too. Okay? Maybe, maybe Mary, maybe prior to her being saved, you know, maybe she was a golfer. Maybe she was on the golf course. Maybe she was in two or three bowling leagues. Okay? We're coming to bring it in. Bringing it forward a little bit, but see, once when you, if you're gonna see God, you can't. You gotta, you gotta be focused. It's gonna cost you some stuff. It's gonna cost you some stuff. You gotta lay down some stuff. You know, people say, "I'm gonna seek God, but I don't want to lay down nothing." That don't work. Okay, you and God don't want your leftovers. How about the woman with the issue of blood? Y'all remember her? Think about what I'm saying here. Think about those those lists. It's a call to repentance. It's a call to pardon. It's a call to seek God. It's a call to be separate. And it's a call to holiness and righteousness. We find that with the woman with the issue of blood. Let me just read a little bit of it. Y'all know the story. Y'all know the story. But it's it's one of the great stories to read. You know? You ever had you ever had Bible verses you hear them read? And and, and they just they it's just, they're just exciting to read. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read a chunk of it. For your for your reading, most of y'all didn't read enough this week anyway. So so I'll I'll just throw some in here. Here we go. Watch. And a woman having an issue of blood of twelve years. Luke eight forty three. I'm sorry. Luke eight forty three. And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years. Now we all got issues, and and many of our issues might not be blood. Okay, but we got issues. Okay, which had spent all her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. Luke chapter 8, 43. Talking about the woman with the issue of blood and how this woman was a seeker. Came behind him. Here she is. And touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stopped. Here it gets good. And Jesus said. Who touched me? Folks touching Jesus. Folks bumping into him and touching them. They don't want nothing. They don't want they just want to be they just want to be close to him. You know, they you know, they just want to tell people that they have a relationship. They want to tell people they gotta to go to church. They want to tell people who their pastor is and when they was baptized. They just touching them, but they ain't touched them right. Amen. They ain't touched them right, okay? And see a lot of folks, well, they want they wanna they wanna have I heard I heard, I think I think one of the singers said they they have an affair with Jesus. They're not in a relationship. They're not in a committed relationship. They just had an affair. And Jesus said, who touched me? And all denied. And Peter and Peter and Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody have touched me. Not bumped into me, not rubbed against me. Somebody have touched me. Okay? For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Somebody have touched me. Okay? Somebody has touched me 
with the touch of faith. Somebody has came to me in need of something and had no doubt about it that I was able to supply their every need. Somebody touched me with faith. Somebody touched me with hope. Somebody touched me with promise. Somebody touched me because they heard that I could do all things. Somebody touched me. He says, somebody have touched me. And when the woman saw, verse 47, that she was not healed, not hid, not hid, not, she was healed. She was not hid. Okay. See, 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 a lot of people touched Jesus. And they had a camouflage on. And after they touch him and they get what they want from him, they put their camouflage on because they don't want nobody to know they saved Okay. See, I, I I go to the gym. I don't have a problem seeing folks with Stiller gear on. You know, they have Nike on. They have Adidas on. You know, they'll have Puma on. You know, but you don't see a whole lot of folk with with God on. Amen. They have a Jesus hat on. They cause they you know I don't know if I wear that Jesus. You know, people are gonna think weird of me. You know. And this woman was trying to get away. She didn't want nobody to know she was saved. Because when power went out of her, went out of Jesus, it went into her. She was a different person. Her issue was solved. You ever know people come to Jesus, they get what they want, did they, you don't see them no more? Right. I know, I go to the hospital and pray. When I get out of the hospital, I'm going to call you, I'm coming to your church. <laughs> All right, we're still waiting. Still waiting. You know, if everybody, every, if everybody told me that they was coming to visit me at my church, if they all showed up on one day, we probably had lines all the way down the street. Right. We had to have three services that day. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, now let's get back. Let's get back. And Jesus said, somebody have touched me. How, 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 how was your touch? When you touched Jesus, how was your touch? Did you get something or it was just like touching a regular person? Did, did, did power leave Jesus and enter your life and, and, and cause a life-changing, a life-changing uh, 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 event in your life? You, you left Jesus, you had an encounter with Jesus, you left him, you touched him, and you never was the same again. That's the touch. That's the touch. That's the touch that this woman got. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling. That's our word. That she came trembling and falling down before him out of reverence, out of respect. And she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him. And she was healed immediately. And how she was healed immediately. Let me tell you something. Jesus requires a public testimony of what he's done in our lives. So I'm going to tell you something. You know, y'all hear me say it all the time. God, how God touched you, how God deal with you, folks need to hear. Folks need to hear. There's no problem with that. Folks need to hear. Why? Because he's still saving people. And we don't want to tell nobody about how we, Jesus touched my life and changed it. Okay? He, he, he touched this woman and she, she came trembling. The Bible says she came trembling. Okay? And then watch what he says. And he says unto her, verse 48, daughter. She didn't come to him as daughter. 
when she worked through that crowd, when she shouldn't have been there at all because she had an issue of blood. When she came, when she came to him, she wasn't daughter. But when she touched him with the touch of faith and she received, when she received her, his spear into her, she became daughter. Daughter. And, 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 and really what Jesus said, stop trembling. Stop trembling. He says, be of good comfort. That word, that word comfort means be, be strong. When you leave Jesus, have you had an encounter with Jesus? You leave strong. We ought to be, we ought to be strong. See, we got this whole idea that Christians are weak. You know? No. Christians are strong. Amen. And, and, and that comes from the devil. You know, you don't want to be a Christian because people think you're weak. No. If you're a Christian, you're strong. You're powerful. You're a warrior. You're a warrior. See, she says, he says, daughter, be of good comfort. Why? Thy faith that you had in me have made thee whole. Go in peace. Amen. Go in peace. You know what? You don't know what that means? Going in peace, me, Toya? Go in peace. Can't nothing, can't nothing mess with you now. I'm your daddy. That's what it means. Go in peace. I'm your daddy. I got your back. I got your back. So some of us that who've been walking with the Lord for a long time, how many of you know no weapon formed against us here, Prosper? No. I ain't walking confident. People say you 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 just arrogant. They look. They think I'm arrogant. I'm not arrogant. Am I? Am I, Sylvia? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, people people mistake it. Am I asking Sylvia? Not Kira. I'm not arrogant. Am I? No. See. Absolutely. Now, here's my point. Because they mistake, they mistake the confidence in my boldness as a man of God. They mistake it as being arrogant. I'm as humble as pie. Come see a man. Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Now, before she could say that, before this woman, this Samaritan woman could say that, she had an encounter with the Lord. She had an encounter with the Lord. Now she's a seeker. She's a seeker. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When she came to that well and met Jesus and, and, and had an encounter with God, there was repentance there. There was sanctification there. There was holiness there. There was a part in there. There was forgiveness of sin there. There was separation there. She left that well a different person. When she went into that town, she was a different person. But how do you know? Because them folks in that town knew her. And they wouldn't have blew her off if they hadn't seen and heard something totally different. They might not even understood what they heard because they was hearing a woman now that once was, was known as a woman with so many husbands. Now she was presenting herself as a woman of God filled with the power of God. That's good stuff. And they came to the they came to see Jesus because of her testimony. Okay? See, 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 God, God knows everything about us. God knows everything about us. God forgives, He restores, He redeems, He heals. God is good to us. He's been very, he's been very, very good to us. And like this woman of Samaritan, Samaritan, guess, guess what? There's a village out there for us. There's a village out there for us. Maybe our job, maybe where we go to school at, whatever. We can talk to people about Jesus. He changed me. He delivered me. He healed me. He told me everything about me. How about that? Think about that. Jesus knows everything about me. He knows everything about me. 
He knows stuff that I don't want him to know. He, he knows stuff that I don't want nobody to know. But he know. Amen. But he know. Here's Peter's mother-in-law. Here's Peter's mother-in-law. Now, this is interesting. Because she had a fever. She had a fever. And I like, when I hear medical stuff, I like going to Luke. Luke was a doctor. And she had a fever. Now, back in those days, a fever wasn't like a fever here. See, a fever today, you know, take a couple of aspirin, you know, maybe a cold shower, sit down, drink some chicken noodle soup. You know, no, a fever in those days was a death sentence. Okay? Now, Luke 4, 38. Watch how Luke describes this fever. Watch how Luke describes this fever. He says, and he arose out of the synagogue. Jesus had just left the synagogue. Peter, Peter's relationship with Jesus had just begun. It, was in, it wasn't in the initial stages, but it, had, it was sort of new. And, and Peter's house was Jesus' sort of like headquarters. So Jesus visited Peter's house quite often. Okay? So he would have known Peter's mother-in-law. Okay? And it says, and he arose out of the synagogue. He had just left healing the man with the withered hand. And, and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Now, let's stop there. That, 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 again, that word taken means that fever had a hold of her. Okay? That fever had a hold of her. And, and, and the fever obviously was, came from the devil himself. And it was planned on taking her out. That's what the fever was designed to do. It was going to kill her. Why? Because Luke said it wasn't no average. It wasn't no small fever. Okay? It was a great fever. So she might have been in this thing a couple of days. Anybody ever had a fever like that? Had the flu like that? You can't even move your body. Can't move your legs. Can't move your arms. You just, you just, everything hurt. Everything hurt. You congested. Everything hurt. Eyes swelled all up. That's a great fever. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Ain't, ain't, ain't not a thing. Not a thing. Let me tell you another thing before I finish that story. It's good to have some people around you to know the Lord. Okay? I mean, you know, some folks don't have, you know, I, I meet a lot of people. Honestly, I meet a lot of people that don't know nobody that know the Lord. Okay? Don't know nobody to know the Lord. I said, who praying for you? And, and I stopped asking that because you know, it's embarrassing. They don't have nobody praying for them. You don't even know nobody to pray for you. Okay? It's good to have some faithful folks around you in your life, in your phone, you know, in your phone, you know. And they can just text them and say, pray for me. They ain't going to get all in your business, but they're just going to say, okay, I got you covered. Okay? You know, Dave and Jake, they do that all the time with me. They'll just, you know, something going on. They say, hey, just, I got a situation. Pray for me. Pray for this for me. Y'all could do that. Y'all, y'all, you know I mean, I know calling ain't all the, always the thing, but if you're just going through, just just tech, hit, the, hit the pastor up and pray for me. I don't need to know everything. God, no. God, no. You ain't got to get real deep, you know. Just say, pray for me. I'm, I got a situation I'm facing. I'm praying for you. Okay. Okay. So, so go back to Peter's mother-in-law. Watch this stuff. This is kind of God we serve. 38 one more time. And, and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's, Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. They, they, they begged him 
They begged him to touch her, to heal her. They knew. They had confidence. They had faith. Okay? They had faith that Jesus could do to this fever what no medicine could do in that day. Okay? And he stood over her. Okay? <laughs> he stood over her and rebuked the fever. What kind of God we serve? He rebuked the fever. That word rebuke me, he, he chastised a fever. He told a fever to stop being a fever. Where else we find that word at? Remember in the, in the story of the, of the two thieves on the cross? And the, and, and, and the two thieves on the cross? And, 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 and when the one came to his senses, the other one didn't. And the other one kept on talking about Jesus, calling him names and stuff. I don't know what he said. He was cussing at Jesus. You know what I mean? You might imagine cussing at Jesus on the cross. But this guy was cussing at Jesus and the other one, Came to his senses. Look what it says in Luke 23, 39. And one of the malefactors which hanged with him railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself. And the other answered and rebuked him. This is what Jesus did. Told him, Shut up. Okay? Sometimes you got to rebuke people. You got to say, Hey, look, you need to stop. Okay? Sometimes you got to rebuke your kids. You got to rebuke your loved one. You know, that's enough. You've gone too far. And Jesus was telling his fever, Fever, you've gone too far. He didn't go on too far. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. It left her. See? It left her. Watch what happens. Here's the seeker. I think she was doing this before. Before the fever. This is what she was doing. She was a, she was a ministering woman. She was a ministering woman. And, it, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. How about that? How about that? You see that? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When, you, when you're a seeker, you're you looking for ways to do ministry. You're looking for ways to do ministry. Here's, here's a fascinating story. I, I, you know, I know y'all get tired of me saying well, that. He's going to say that's his favorite story in the Bible. But this is, a, this is a good one. This is the daughter of Abraham. This is a crippled woman. This is a crippled woman found in, in Luke 13. Look at Luke 13, 10. Watch this. You, you, you're going to see some things. You're going to see some things in this woman. Because all these, all these illustrations, all these people in the Bible, when, they, when, they, when you see people in the Bible, they all represent us. Okay? They all represent us. And, and some of them represent us better. Some of them we can, we can relate to a little better. But this, this one here, this one is relatable. This one is relatable. It says, in, it says in Luke 13, 10, and, and, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. He wasn't clowning. He wasn't running around. He wasn't falling out. He wasn't jumping the pews. He wasn't dancing in the spirit. He was teaching and one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, uh-oh, here, behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Stop there. She was bowed over. You know what, what does that mean? She was bent over. Looking towards the earth, all she can see is the world. All she, the world will have you bowed over. How, how about how about this? And one of the translations, this is just, that's another translation. The world will have you bent over. Okay, see, there, there's a whole lot of people bent over, and the world is having its way with them. 
Okay. Oh, I always think about, you know, you hear about people in prison and they they be in the shower and and the, and the big guys is around them. And then you see a bar, they drop their bar of soap That's, and they got to bend over to get their soap. OK. And um, see and see, that's how the world do. See, the world have us bent over. OK. And we'll be taking it. And, 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 and God doesn't want the world to be abusing us. OK, so so here this woman is in the church. She ain't going to miss church. See, some folks miss their blessing when they miss church. You know, and see, 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 Satan operates like that. Satan operates like that. You know, I'm tired today. I don't feel good today. I, I, I'm a back hurt today. My leg hurt today. You know, I can't find but one eyelash. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I can say some stuff today. I cook y'all ribs. <laughs> okay. But we make up these excuses, but they're not coming. They're coming from the devil. And they're coming from the devil because, you know, you're you, you going to be blessed. If the word of God is being preached, and, 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 you know, some of the greatest blessings come from the words you don't want to hear. You know, it comes from the word that you don't want to hear because sometimes you got to be called out. You got to be confronted. You got to be chastised. And here this woman, I don't know what Jesus was preaching that day. I wish I could. I wish I would have known. But she was bowed over. The Bible says she was bowed over. She was in no wise could lift herself up. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, what did he see? He saw a woman. Now y'all stay with me on this because this is interesting. He saw a woman. Even though she's struggling, even though she's going through, maybe had all kind of issues in her life. Whatever it was, it had her bent over. She was she was battling with this evil spirit that had her for 18 years. And and and, and by all rights, she probably had missed church 18 years. She was dragging that demon to church every Sunday. Ain't that serious? She's you know what? Demon, if you're gonna have me bent over, you gonna you come to church with me. And she dragged that demon to church with her every Sunday. And one Sunday, Jesus showed up. <laughs> and Jesus showed up. I would say, and when Jesus saw her, he knew everything about her. And he saw that demon that she was dragging to church. And she didn't drag the church 18 years. And he called her to him. Sort of, sort of like the lunatic from Gadara. When Jesus got off the boat, the lunatic started running to Jesus because he wanted to be delivered. She called, she called her to him, and he said unto her, "How about this woman? See, 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 you don't, have, you don't. See, we're supposed to get testimonies. We're gonna talk about some testimonies. You don't got, you don't got to tell all your business. Jesus know everything about you. Amen. He know everything about you. And he called the woman unto him, and he said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thou from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. And what did she do? What did she do? She glorified God. Okay, so when God, when God heals and delivers and touches the life of a of a sick soul, you, you, you your your obligation, you are. I, I don't even know if you're duty bound because it's, it should be it should become natural. 
It should be natural for you to want to give God glory. You want to give God glory. You know what? God didn't deliver me. God didn't with me through my ups and downs. He didn't deliver me from this thing. You know, and though I'm going to have some good days and some bad days, I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to glorify God. And she left that church and glorified God after being crippled for 18 years. Imagine that. Imagine her testimony in the community. Imagine when she showed up in the community and they said, what happened to her? She met God. And she, God was at church today and touched her body. Here's, here's, here's number six, our last one. Here's our last one. Here's our last one, a famous one. Y'all love, y'all love these women. These are great women in the Bible. Great women in the Bible. Here's a woman in, 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 in John 8. The woman caught in adultery. Y'all know this was, y'all know this story because some of these I don't even have to read because we already know. These men, these men set her up trying to set Jesus up. See, Satan will use, Satan will use you to, 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 to try to embarrass or try to embarrass your God. He'll use you. So these men had called this woman and, and set her up with another guy, probably one of them. Okay. Okay. And and, and said, now he didn't call this woman in a very act of adultery. Well, they wanted Jesus to say it's okay to stone her. That's what he was supposed to say if he was one of them. He was I'm not one of y'all. Okay. But I'll tell you who supposed to be stoned. So he got it on the ground and he started writing everybody's name down and who they was with and everything. What hotel they was at, what room number the hotel they was. And see, see, that's how Jesus did them. See, I, I'm just keeping it 100 with you. But, and they knew. See some, see, some of the stuff that God put out there about us, some things God put out there about us, he got he to be, he got to just be wild with it. So he, these guys come up here with this like they all holy than thou. She caught her in adultery. And Jesus put red roof in. Huh? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot of different names of hotel. Right, red Roof Inn comes to mind. Maybe all of them was at the Red Roof Inn. Maybe, maybe there was only one Red Roof Inn in town. Okay, but they all got up and walked away. They said, I don't want none of this dude. He know too much about me. If he know that, he know other stuff. Ain't that how it goes? If he, if he know that, he know, he know other stuff. Okay? And he came. And see, see the grace of God? You see the grace of God? Found in that, Jeremy. He let them walk away. Amen. If that had been me and you, we'd have called him out. Nah, no, y'all ain't going. No, where y'all going? Get back here. See, that's how we would have did it. Jesus let him walk away. We would have put, we'd have put him all the way out on blast. We'd have been on Facebook, Twitter. We, I mean, Jesus so grace. Let's get back to the story. Now he get to the woman, verse 10 of John 8. And then when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, they all left. He gave me all, what a, what a, what a gracious God we serve. Okay, he would allow me to leave. If I'd have been one in that crowd, he said, "He said, Reverend Neil, you can go, even though I know some stuff on you." I said, "Thank you, Jesus, for don't tell him I can preach another Sunday." <laughs> and he and he said unto him, he said unto her, he talked to the woman. He said, "Woman, where are those thine accusers? Where are them liars at? Where are them hypocrites at?" Where them hypocrites at? Okay. Have no man condemned thee. How about that? Have no man condemned thee. They all left. They couldn't condemn her. They all left. You know, they all left. They, they, they all left. And she said, no man. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. How about that? Neither do I condemn you. 
Go and sin no more. How about that? Go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Now, did she ever sin again? Absolutely, she sinned again. Okay? But you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what's the difference? Now she was a child of God. Now she had an encounter with God. She had been blessed by God. She had been forgiven by God. She had been pardoned by God. And, and, and God is saying, go sin no more. He's saying, separate yourself from all sins. And if you do sin, remember what? What's our verse? We have an advocate with the Father. With the Father. Now, with that said, I'm, let's talk about, I'm going to talk about these, these steps. I talk about repentance. What's it mean? What's it mean? Here's what, here's, what, here's, what, here's what Mark 1.15 said. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these. He says, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Watch. Repent. Mark 1.15. That's the start. Repent and believe the gospel. Okay? If you say you repent, but you don't, if you don't believe the gospel, your repentance is shaky. Amen. It's shaky. Let's talk about pardon and forgiveness. I talk about all these women in here. They all were pardoned. They all were forgiven. But what's the word of God said to that? A lot of scriptures. A lot of scriptures. Let me give you an Old Testament one. Isaiah 55. Watch this. Isaiah 55, 6. It says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He ain't always going to be near. That's what it sounds like to me. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he was ne- while he is near. Here we go. And let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will be abundantly pardoned. Some of us, some of us, some of us need to be pardoned. It's a call to seek God. Once you get saved, once you, once, you, once you get saved, once God saves you, once God delivers you, the woman at the well, the woman with the issue, the woman bent over 18 years, Mary Magdalene, all of them never stop seeking God. It doesn't, just because you say it don't mean you just stop. I'm, I'm saved, I don't need to go to church. I'm saved, I don't need to go to Bible study. I'm saved, I don't, I don't, I don't need to give to the church. You No, no, no. You seek God. You seek God. Jeremiah 29 and 13 said, and you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. You got to spend some time with God. That's that's I mean, to to tell me you saved you born again. You got the power of God in your life and you don't seek God. That's a that's that's kind of that's kind of weird. Okay, it's a call to seek God for salvation. This verse I've used it in the last two sermons, and I, and, I, and I have to use it again. John 1, 12. How about that? John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Watch this now. Okay. When you become a child of God, when you receive God, that means you receive the gospel. You receive you receive salvation. You receive re- all the repentance. You receive you receive His faith, His grace, His mercy. All that, all that come with it. So, so what John is saying: as many as received Him, you get power. And that power should be on display. It should be on display. It should be on display. 
Uh-oh. Last one. No, it's not. It's not even the next to last one. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a call to sanctification. Now, that's a big word. There's a big word, okay? And, and a lot of people get confused with what sanctification means. Y'all know we laugh about this, but it's, it's so much truth found in it. You know, and you can, you, can, you can come here, you can wear no makeup. That don't mean you sanctify. You can wear a blue jean skirt. That don't mean you sanctify. You can wear the white Amish hats, okay? That don't mean you sanctify, okay? You cannot drink or cuss. That doesn't mean you sanctify, all right? Okay? Here's what, here's, here's what sanctify means, okay? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You're sanctified by studying the word. Not only studying the word, applying that word to your lives and, and then counting on that word, leaning on that word. And then, then when, when, that, when trouble come up, that word is already in you. That word, you can't get you. I mean, when, when trouble comes, that's not the time to try to get some word in you. You need to have some word in you. So when trouble comes, that word show up, show up. Okay, because whatever whatever's in you, if you know, if you're walking around with a cup of something and somebody bump you, whatever's in that cup is going to come out. If it's coffee, if it's Pepsi, whatever. Same thing with you as a man of God or a woman of God. If you feel with the word, somebody bump you. You hit your thumb, you and you hit your thumb with the hammer. You find out what's in you by what come out of your mouth. Amen. If I hit my thumb, if I'm out to hit my thumb, Jesus. But if somebody that don't know Jesus hit their thumb. Okay? But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you. How? And meekness and fear has some word in you. Get it in you. Get it in you. Get it in you. It's a call to righteousness. It's a call to righteousness. I'm, 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 I'm going because I want to get to the separation one. Because I think this is where we, this is where we stumble at. We don't want to separate. We don't want to separate. And sometimes you got to separate from good people. Yes. Man, it's hard. Sometimes you got to separate from people you love. And once you come to the Lord, I, I, just, I love this brother. You know, I love this brother. But, man, he keeps he keep taking me back to where I don't want to go. Okay, he keep reminding me of my past, you know, think about that. You know, you think about somebody you used to get high with, you know, you get drinking when you get high with and, you know, you, you love them like a brother. And you all been done. Y'all been down together for a long time, but you get saved. That's a hard man. You know, you don't think all that. Yeah, dude, I got I can't, I can't run. I can't run with you like that. It could be lonely. Wherefore, come out from among them, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, and be you separate, say the Lord. Watch this, and touch, and touch not the unclean thing. Touch not the unclean thing. That's all I have. That's all I have. That's it. That's it. Call to repentance. Remember, repentance ain't a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. We're we going we to do enough today that we can call, jump on our knees tonight and say, Lord, forgive me. Okay. Precious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the mothers that are here, Father God. And 
Thank you, especially for the mothers here that identify as mothers. Father, be with us, Father God, as we go into the fellowship hall and, and celebrate the mother's, the mother's Day. Thank you for the food that was prepared and, and let the food let the food remind us of your grace and your mercy and your love and how you constantly feed us, and nourish us and empower us to go out into the world. Father God, and be a testimony. Let us be reminded of the Samaritan woman, Father God, when she when she got a dose of Jesus Christ, when she got a touch of his Holy Spirit, she immediately went to her camp and proclaimed the gospel message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let us have that same kind of boldness, Father God, because the kingdom, the kingdom needs us, Father God. Father God, thank you for everything you do in Jesus' name. Amen.